I happen to love them. Love the number five. Welcome to the Got to Five podcast. My name is Max. His name is Jesse. My name is Jesse. And it's that a- is my name. That is his name, and it's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Got Till 5, episode 97. This is the fourth before the end. Three left Four, after this. Three, what? 97, 98, 99, 100. Oh, yeah. I always forget the sort of, the 100 counts. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it won't count, though. It won't count. It's, no. But it's like, in, it's like when I count weird, because it's like in um, football seasons, right? Um, so like every there's 20 teams in the top league, every team plays each other twice, but then like it's so that's 38 games, and that confuses me. It's like, why isn't it 40 if they're playing each other twice? But obviously, they don't play themselves, but so my I've, head doesn't quite work like that. Jesse's been playing a lot of football this afternoon. If uh, if anyone's it's curious, so it, yeah, not real football, uh, FIFA, <laughs> the, the computer games, but yeah, I've, I've been doing very well on it. I'm really good. I've like got higher than I ever have. No one cares, but you know I'm kind of a big deal in the people world. Kind of proud of you, buddy. Kind of proud of you, just a little bit. How but, yeah. are you? You got a little. I'm got all right. Bit, got a bit loopy the other night. You had a couple of drinks. Now you've come oh, yeah, down again. Last. Yeah. Um, well, I had a couple of drinks with um, friends from work afterwards. Only three, and then you go home and you get the thirst. The thirst is rough. That's like. You're just like, I just need to keep drinking. And the next day, you're like, I didn't need to keep drinking. I was fine as I was. I had a perfect buzz. But in that moment, the evening before, you just have to carry on. So I uh, drunk skateboarded, which is quite a trip, um, down to my local corner shop and bought some more Zayda and um, had lots of that and regretted it the next day. But I played it off well. I don't. I think I'm quite good at hiding hangovers when I need to. So I was at work feeling like absolute death, but I think I was outwardly looking quite good. And then like the rare moments I was alone in the office, I'd just go, oh God, I'm just going to die. <laughs> <laughs> then they come back in and I'd be like all suave and cool. He's, he's not a well boy. You are the worst for this. It's something that you do where it's like, well, it's 12, half 12, one o'clock. Well, it's probably wind down in front of beer. And Jesse's like, no. Let's go out and get some more. <laughs> Let's go get some hookers. <laughs> it's never needed. The hookers are never needed, folks. They, they just sit there awkwardly because you fall asleep so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> they just take your watch off and leave. As they should. Take the they tips, deserve, dear yeah. ladies. Take I, got the my tip. Sh- I got my Shenmue watch. They can't take this from me. This is the watch that Ryu wears in the Shenmue games. A perfect replica. It's my pride and joy. It's a very cool watch, and I wish I had one. Um, Thank you. Got till five. Would be worried. <laughs> oh, Ine-san. I wish someone would care for me the way we talk about. Does. We talk about Shenmue on this show way too much. Like it's how... a normal thing. Yeah, like everyone knows. Like it's a cultural reference everyone has. No one does. Not, no. not even Shenmue people remember Shenmue anymore. No, and um, I feel like this episode kind of plays into one of our strengths of talking about stuff that not a lot of people are really. This is a weird one. So you this came weird with one. this. Yeah, you had a bit of divided intervention. I did. Well, um, I was trying to figure out for what to do for the episode. I went to bed normally, went to sleep. Um, 
I drink a lot of water, so I always wake up in the middle of the night to pee because I'm an old man. And I woke up at like five o'clock and I shuffled into the bathroom. And normally, when people wake up in the middle of the night, they just zombie pee, go back to sleep fine. My brain goes, I'm glad you're awake because I've been, I've, I've got this idea. I've been thinking about this. And how about we do top five times that the antagonist was was right in their actions? And then my brain just kept telling me, you know, we went through a whole bunch of movies together. We had a little journey. And it was like six o'clock in the morning before I went to sleep again. Nice. Well, that's cool. And so I'm happy to do this because, like, this is something that you haven't even forced on either of us. It's just something that came to you and it's natural and I love it. It's weird, but I'm into it. Um, I've stopped going for wheeze at nighttime. I used to quite a lot but now i stop? Con- i consciously hold them in like I, it wakes me up at night but i hold them in and there's two reasons for this the first one is that um i was told when i was a teenager that if you hold your wee in it means that you perform better in bed so i don't i don't think that's true it's probably quite dangerous but <laughs> Very I'm saying, dangerous. I, <laughs> neither, neither part is connected no to, uh, no there's a fly in here um and secondly um the we've recently had the light in our bathroom changed so the light went wrong or something and they've changed it to this led thing and my god it is the brightest light you like you turn it on and it melts your face off sort of like like brightness so i sort of think oh god like you're obviously it's night time you're in bed you think if i get up and go for a wee and i turn that light on like it's just going to ruin my night. It's just going to be so, it's going to burn my retinas out and I won't be able to sleep again because every time I close my eyes, it will just be bright white for the rest of the night. So it's scaring me off my own toilet. Just he's doing long-term damage to his body just for just because of a little <laughs> bit of bright light. It's the same with wrestling. Like Jesse doesn't watch WWE anymore because the lights are just a little bit too bright. <laughs> they are, a they're little... too bright. Their cameras are too good. Ah, that's how Jesse has his eyes. They're too good, lights too bright. I, can't I, just, I just, I just want everything to be slightly grainy all the time. That's <laughs> my happy place. Um, okay, so two things: you're going to have a, a very damaged uh, bladder in the future, and with there's a the little walnut of a bladder that you're going to piss to bed at some point. And yeah, that might happen. I'm all for it. When's the last time you wet the bed? Have you ever done it as a grown up? Not as a grown up. No, I've always no. been terrified of doing it. Yeah, I remember. I think last time I did it, I was like 19 or something, which is too old. But I, I was having a dream about weeing and, you know, you're sort of smiling away at yourself. And then you wake up and, and that total panic when you wake up and realise what's going on is just the worst. And it could the happen worst. to anyone. It could happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight. It could just come out of the blue for anyone, I reckon. Just if that wee dream happens to hit you at the right time. Unlucky, but yeah, not since I was nineteen, girls. So don't worry. I remember. <laughs> I remember last week when someone was like, "Oh, why has got to a five ending?" This is why. This is why. <laughs> I'm gonna. So the thing is, like, the fact that this show does all right scares the shit out of me because I do occasionally meet people who tell me things about myself that I wasn't aware I'd told anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like, total yeah. strangers come up to you, and they're like, yeah, so um, so you pissed the bed when you were 19. I was like, what's going on? Like, were you just like, up against my window? Especially but, yeah, with like, your memory, because you, you forget everything. So yeah. this must be genuinely terrifying for you, these people <laughs> coming up to you. I'm just constantly... This is why I'm going to be a hermit into my old age, because I'm just constantly walking down the street, looking at people, thinking... Do they know me? Do they know things about me? <laughs> it's every single person I see. It's not healthy. It's not a it's good not way healthy. to live. 
It's not Fame is a mask. That... Oh, I thought about this the other day. Sorry, this is we're going off on a tangent already. But um, I've always really loved, not that like we're famous, right? but like, like it just popped in my head then thinking everyone knows you and stuff. And um, the phrase, um, fame is a mask that eats away at the face. Have you heard that before? I can't yes. remember who says it. Good phrase. Um, what a fucking great phrase, right? Yeah. Right. And I thought it's becoming literal because like um, I found out recently how veneers are done. Do you know this? Where they shave it down into like a little. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Horrible. So like all these, yeah, all these like beautiful quote unquote people actually have these little horrible shark teeth like in their mouth and these fake teeth on top and one day like those teeth if the apocalypse are gonna fall out and stuff when we're all like relying on real shit and gee like the fact that they all look like that underneath that is a mask eating away at the face of these famous people i think exactly and it's gonna be horrible imagine it's life imitating art noah get the boat uh, I'm just picturing in the 60s, like, uh, we're recently widowed and we go and meet some some girl on a date. She used to be a famous TikTok star. Now life has let her down. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're so funny. But it's like, here's the hiccups of the It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's really horrible. Disgusting I think people. Katie Price, you know, Jordan, she got papped in between having her veneers replaced when she had the shark teeth. And obviously the tabloids absolutely love that shit. But that was how I became aware of that this is how they're done. And it's horrible. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather just have slightly crooked teeth, to be honest. Don't have shark teeth. Although uh, some days I go, I'd like shark teeth. Just have really? those moments. You just have those get moments. veneers. No, no, I or just want... specifically I, shark teeth, not the specifically veneers. Specifically I don't want the veneers. I just want them to, like, shave them down. Teeth that can... Tear humans funny for so long, and now it's been strange again. We've been good, haven't we? We have, we have. We're having a, we're having a rough day. But it's okay, tonight it's just a chatting episode. We've put no effort into this. There's no clips, there's no images. It's just us having a chat. And when we're yeah, at... you, you put a bit of effort in. There was little cartoons at the start. There was. I was. I'll show that again for the people. There you go. It's lovely. Looks really nice. So we got Blofeld on the left and um, Taxi Man on the right, right? I, I didn't couldn't tell who was in the middle. Um and Dr. Jekyll. And, and Mr. Mr. Hyde. Hyde oh, okay. In the middle. Yes. Ah. So the reason those guys are there is because we're talking about the top five antagonists that were right. It's the movies that you watch, it's the comic books that you read where the bad guy has a plan and the good guy's trying to stop him. And about 20 minutes in, you go, this actually kind of makes sense. Yes. Yeah, this is not a bad plan. Like, I can kind of see where this guy's coming from. Obviously, they, they give them, like, some kind of horrible motive or something is wrong with them. But the, the base plan makes you go, okay, maybe there's something to this um, going on. So this was kind of tough. This fly is really getting on my tits. Sorry, audio listeners. <laughs> this fly just flying around just my Jesse head. Jesse clapping. It's like, <laughs> um, there's, so um, this was difficult for me because it turns out I think my moral compass is slightly skewed. So like <laughs> I'm watching a lot of films going, this guy's awesome. He knows exactly what he's doing. And turns out that no, he's a horrible person and everyone disagrees with me. But I think he's a good person. Like, like this isn't one of my my picks i don't know if it's one of yours um and cobra kai has sort of lent itself to this a bit but um the the blonde kid from the first karate kid film right like the bad guy actually had a real rough time of it and was i think he was really the good guy getting bullied by daniel son 
Yeah, exactly. And, and then that's how they do the switch. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about in this. Uh, I think your choices are quite restrained. Or, yeah. or I'm just coming around to your way of thinking. And I'm like, yeah, I, I can I can see all of this stuff happening. Well, two of my films are children films. Well, all three, I guess, could be argued are children's films. Um, so, it's, But I think they're easier to sort of do because the plots are simpler. <laughs> but, but like I did, I said to you earlier, uh, I wanted to put a Bond villain in because I love Bond, but I couldn't think of any that um, actually, like, I like a lot of them, but I like them because they're cunts, like, and they do horrible, horrible things, and that's why I love them. As a quick honourable mention at the top of the show, things we're talking about it, I still stand by Raul Silva is a good guy. In Skyfall, yeah. In Skyfall, because he is, so for people who don't know, he is tortured by the Chinese um, government, for secrets based on MI6, and um, MI6 gives him up to get back some of their operatives, and they just leave him to be tortured for five months, and he does cyanide. He just wants a bit of revenge. He just wants... He never gave up the secrets. He never gave up his his mantra of being a spy. He is basically Bond if Bond was pushed past that point and betrayed by MI6. He was just betrayed. He does, He deserved everything he did to those people. Yeah, I, I could I can see the argument, but then like you know he did do a London he did a terrorist attack in a train station, which in London, which I feel like is sort of that yeah, sort of only fell down a bit. <laughs> yeah, only a few hundred people died. It's cool. Yeah, it was a quick tumble. It was probably yeah. Well, he was, and he tried to. I mean, yeah, there are redeeming qualities about him. Actually, like he came, he tried to bang Bond. I quite like that. I like that he yeah. like sexually came onto him. That made, I don't know why that makes me like him, but it does. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and when M uh, is dying, he's like because he's mental, but he's like, oh my god, you're bleeding, and like all this, and it's it's almost his insanity is actually quite sweet. Exactly, I, I think he's very justified in his actions. So, and he's got a lovely big face. Lovely big face when he takes out the his little mouth. The biggest faces I've like... ever seen in my life. Yeah, and then he... Like Nick Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes his little suicide capsule, doesn't work, and his face is still big, even though half of it's mounted off. Gifted. Gifted man. So yeah, that's, that's very good. what we mean by a top five agonist, uh, antagonist, as an example. Before we get into <laughs> our list... Before we get into our list, quick reminder, uh, got to five.timo.com for sweet merch. This weekend is free shipping. Free shipping this weekend. You don't have to pay the man. Just get cool merch. That's all you're paying for is the cool merch, not Royal Mail. So uh, head on over to gottill5.timo.com. That kicks in tomorrow all the way through till Sunday. Enjoy some payday loveliness. Now... Payday? Um, oh man, it's been a long month, isn't it? Do oh, you get pay- do you get paid the last Friday of every month? Oh yes. Yeah, me too. So the last Friday of last month is ridiculous. Ninterd, welcome to the show. Ninterd. I'm hoping all these entries are fictional. Well, Ninterd, um, I've got a little story to tell you about a lovely vegetarian artist called Adolf Hitler. Okay, <laughs> and <laughs> he was a lovely man with a lovely little mustache. <laughs> Imagine we if we had him at number five, everyone just gets really nervous by the time yeah. he gets to number one. <laughs> He's a published author. <laughs> <laughs> just misunderstood. No, I also get this as a recorded medium that we're on. Um, <laughs> this, stays, this sticks around forever. This will be dug out in the future. Anything we do in the future, it'll be like, let it be noted that he did say this once. Yep, yep. And this impacts me more than it impacts you. Yeah. Because uh, my like- career is very much in the public eye. Yeah, well, mine will be again once um, the um, old lockdown stuff is lifted, because I don't normally do the internets with my other avenues in my life, but 
Maybe I will more. Who knows? We'll Who see knows? what happens. We'll Who see knows? what happens. But uh, let's get cracking because we've been rambling for a while now and the people are getting impatient. No yeah, one's stopped off yet, so thanks everyone for staying we're, during we're that 15 over, minutes. We're over 15 crack. minutes in. And it's, yeah, that was just inane. <laughs> <laughs> and you're all still here. What does this say about you versus us? Come on. Yeah, yeah get um, <laughs> And there they go. No, no. <laughs> And Jesse's kicking us off at number oh, cool. five. He doesn't know the order that he's going, so surprise. Hooray! Okay, we've got Sid in Toy Story, the first Toy Story film. Um, first off, um, he wears a, t- a Zero t-shirt. I'm wearing a Zero t-shirt today. So that skull on his t-shirt is the logo of Zero Skateboard Company, uh, founded by Jemmy Thomas, who's one of my favourite skateboarders, favourite skateboard brand. That puts him in my good books straight away, okay? Secondly... Um, <sighs> He see like there's nothing wrong with Sid. What like he's a really creative kid. Like those toys that he's made shows an imagination unlike any other child I've ever met. And that imagination should be cultivated and praised. Yeah, it's not. He lives in clearly a domestic abusal that's not a word, but you know what I mean. Like an abusive a domestic now. abusive household where the little sister is just looked after beautifully and praised whereas he's clearly not by contrast when buzz escapes to the little sister's room she's like got a lovely room she's got lovely toys and yet sid lives in squalor in his room with his toys buzz sneaks downstairs and the dad is like asleep on the sofa drunk um so i'm assuming drunk like why else would you be asleep on the sofa at that time amphetamines all that yeah yeah yeah. so it's not a nice household and yet sid has this incredible imagination he's invented these toys who by all accounts are lovely like yes they look scary but woody and buzz meet them and hang out and they got the little baby doll with the metal spider body and um other ones that's the most memorable one isn't it but like um (laughs) they are all like really lovely toys and yet, Woody and Buzz take it upon themselves, particularly Woody, to further traumatise this abuse victim and, like, scare the absolute shit out of him by being the cowboy toy and talking to him. And it's... Imagine being a child and your toy starts doing what Woody did to him. That yeah. would be... And, like, the arms crawl out of the sand pit and all that shit. Jesus Christ, that's horrible. But I feel like there's a bit of redemption because in Toy Story 3, they do a callback. They have a little cameo of Sid in Toy Story 3. I don't know if anyone knew this. The um, trash man who picks... <laughs> I'm the trash man. The uh, the bin man who um, picks up um, the rubbish um, when at some point in the film. I don't know when it happens, but there's a trash man. In the man. beginning. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, you can see under his like luminous jacket, he's wearing a skull t-shirt. And that's Sid as a grown-up. And that's his job now. And he's working for the council. He's having a lovely life. He seems happy. He's whistling away. So I think it worked out all right for him in the end. But he was a lovely kid with good intentions. We were all kids like that. Do you remember the Biker Mice from Mars toys, Max? Did you have them when you were a kid? I didn't, but I remember you talking about them, yeah? Right. Loads of people I know, including me, had Biker Mice from Mars toys as a kid. There was a thing with these Biker Mice from Mars toys. If you pulled them hard enough, you could get their arms off. You weren't supposed to, but you could take their arms off. And because of the way they were attached, you could mix and match your Biker Mice from Mars arms, right? So you could have like scrawny little white mouse with big, tonky black arms from like the uh, big black mouse and vice versa with little scrawny white arms. Which was fun. We all did it. We all did what Sid did, but he was more creative with it, and I commend him. The thing you're going to learn from this list of Jesse's choices is this just 
is these are people Jesse relates to. Like mine are <laughs> from like a subjective taken aback stance, and Jesse's like, yeah, I can see where this guy's coming from. I can but be this guy. 100% agree. You know, Sid, okay, yes, he was putting tours together, but we don't know that um, he did this himself. He could have just been giving crappy toys, like leftovers, like, oh, here's a head, here's a bit broken bit of... He could have just been given broken toys as a kid, and he fashioned and made these together, you know? That's true, yeah. I mean, we do see it where he pulls the head off and puts the pterodactyl on his sister's one, but, like, he just wants to create cool stuff. As you say, he's a creative child. He has this this need for seeing stuff. And then... Honestly, I, I think people think people forget how terrifying that scene is. Like you have army men rising from the dust, you have headless <laughs> toys like Mama, Mama walking through, and then Woody, um, fully animated face, goes to him and play nice in like a really menacing way. And I, okay, I'm not saying anything about bin men and the profession. They make a lot of money. They have a lot of great benefits, but. What could Sid have been if he wasn't so traumatized? What happened in those 10 years of psychiatric breakdown that Sid had? He could have been designing monsters for, like, monster horror movies. That's what Mm -hmm. I reckon. What's that one that came out recently that you were excited about that's doing well? Kong versus Godzilla. Is it that? Yeah? Yeah. He He could have been on the design team of films like that. If Woody exactly. hadn't fucked him up, that's what I exactly. reckon. Let, let's let's track his actual. The, the posh kid moves away, and he is now terrified for life. Like he never sees that doll again. He never sees Woody. He never sees Buzz ever again in his life. So he's in his room. He's probably got rid of all of his toys because they know that they're, they're evil. His one kind of source of enjoyment was these toys that he played with. So he's alone in this room, which was just a mattress with no covering on it. Um, dirty flooring, n- nothing in that room was enjoyable to him. No, so, well, his sister has everything. Well, his sister has everything. So let, let's just go on the journey of Sid. He probably turned to drugs. It's all he yeah. had to kind of break out the amusement of not having his toys or his life anymore, turns to drugs. Maybe he does a stint in prison. Maybe he gets mixed up with the wrong crowd and, and goes to prison there. Finally gets out, is on parole, needs to look for a job, and he's able to find one working as a, as a bin man. And, and that's him getting his life back together. But the trauma, people. The tra- I bet he's kept that story to himself his whole life. Yeah. And then one day, he's going to release that story to someone he cares deeply about. And they're going to laugh in his face. And he's going to go through that trauma all over again. Sid's never going to find love because of this, guys. Sid's never no. going to find love. He's never going to raise a family. Woody, Woody ruined a little boy's life. Yeah. And he didn't even care. He didn't even think twice about it. Never mention it again. No. Just, yeah, didn't give a toss. Oh, poor Sid. Poor Sid. I hope Sid murders Andy. <laughs> I reckon that's what happened at the end of. Well, he wasn't in. Andy wasn't in Toy Story Four, was he? That yeah, was like a different. Set. Yeah, maybe that's why they had to change the plot of Toy Story Four. Because I should we can't use Andy. He's been murdered. <laughs> Sid needed his redemption. He was like, the only way I can get back to a normal life is if I take out Andy. And he hu- also. Do you want to know a bit of Toy Story trivia or like something Always. interesting? So, you know, Buzz is given to Andy um, for his birthday near the start of the first Toy Story and he's having a birthday party downstairs. Um, at one point, Woody and everyone looks downstairs and there's Andy and all the other kids for the little party they're having. You only see it for a brief shot. If you pause it, every single one of those kids is Andy. Interesting. There's like eight kids and they're all Andy, which I assume was done because CGI was in its infancy and it's easier to just design one kid and replicate them. But yeah. creepy. 
there's many conspiracy theories around Pixar and it's all part of this universe and every movie's connected and it's a hole we can go into, Jesse. It's a hole we can go into. Also, Andy's mum, fit. Very fit. And if we go by the fact that they're selling the house and moving, recent divorcee, or the dad died. Hello. Yeah, where's Andy's dad at? Maybe Sid got to him first. Mm. Maybe Jesse's new Andy's dad. And she never remarried. Step Dandy. Step Dandy. Cheap pops. So yeah, Sid uh, from Toy Story. Tragic character. Destroyed by a buffoon. He's a good kid. Yeah. I think you're going to like my choice, Jesse. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. And I don't know if it's something that you've ever considered before. Okay? Okay. Um, so I've gone for Eric Gordon from Billy Madison. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Just going to let Jesse get out of his system. He has to go Sorry. through the quotes in his head. <laughs> Stop looking at me, swan! Um, so... Eric, okay, I thought, you know what? When you just said that, do you know who popped in my head first? Who? Um, Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Ah. So we're, we're on the same sort of wavelength. But there's definitely an argument for Shooter as well, a guy that's worked his entire life to finally win this tournament. And some hockey jabroni comes along and completely steals his spotlight. I totally get that. Well, this is it. And this is exactly the issue with Eric Gordon. So for people who don't know uh, the film of Billy Madison, because it's one of those ones that me and Jesse presume <laughs> is a cult classic like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings that everyone watches and it's in your collection permanently. Funny enough, Jesse, it's not. No, you, a lot of people this. don't know Billy Madison. It, to, to me, it's up there. It's like Shakespearean in its Yeah, It's, um, it's, it's the execution. Citizen chain of comedy. That's it's, <laughs> its level. Hey, did you see on um, Rotten Tomatoes, Citizen Kane, which has Drop always down. had 100% yeah. rated, dropped down because an 80-year-old review has been added to the uh, Rotten Tomatoes website, which was a negative review, which has dropped it down, which is amazing. Yeah. I love that saltiness. 80 years of saltiness, that's what I like. So, <laughs> Billy Madison, for people who don't know, it's about a, a typical uh, Adam Sandler character of a of a guy who doesn't really care he likes smoking weed hanging out with his friends and drinking and not doing a lot all day his dad's very rich and owns this chain of hotels he basically owns all of the hilton hotels to give it context um and he's like 20 something and he's a joke and he never graduated from school and then one day at dinner it comes out that like oh you're not going to take over the the hotel business i'm going to give it to um eric who's been my long-standing right-hand man for all these years Billy's like, what? You can't give the hotels away to that guy. Dad, I can prove it. And he says that he'll do every grade of school from kindergarten up until uh, graduation. And if he does all of that, he can take over the company. So all does every, do gra- every grade in two weeks. Every grade in two weeks in order to, to get the company. And we're meant to believe that like Eric Gordon is this horrible man who is trying to stop Billy Madison from achieving his, his right to take over this hotel chain. Yes, <laughs> Eric is this insufferable human being. He's this typical like business, rich guy, whatever. Um, and the actor Bradley Whitford did a great job. He makes him the most hated person in the film. But when we're talking about running a company of 500 hotel chains worldwide, there's no better man for the job Dan Eric Gordon, who has been with the company since he first started. He has he knows the business inside out from a financial perspective. He knows the growth plans. He knows the marketing departments. He knows everything there is to know about Madison Hotels. And then he's at dinner, 
and this guy who sees penguin hallucinations decides, and is mentally disturbed, let's be honest, he's mentally disturbed, decides that he wants to suddenly run the hotels. Um, and he has to now, Eric has to fight for his role of the successor, even though he's done all of this hard work, nine to five, every day for the past 15 years. Um, and it's not a legal battle between Billy and him, which would make sense for a Fortune 500 hotel chain. Uh, it comes down to an academic decathlon. And by by the and you know he starts passing the grades and he starts working his way through and they get to like the 12th grade and he's about to do it and they put up to an academic decathlon and he ends up breaking like eric snaps and he has like a gun and he properly has a mental breakdown and it is a justified mental breakdown that he has yeah totally and then he ends up getting shot by steve buscemi yeah, who Billy Madison bullied in high school and made one phone call to be like, oh, sorry, I bullied you in high school. Then this nut job shows up with his lipstick <laughs> and whatever on and shoots the guy. I kind of agree with you, but spoiler alert for anyone else that's seen it, the um, Hilton Hotels or the Madison Hotels um, do end up with Carl, who I think is a very capable person. For this. Yes, it is the movie that goes to today, today Junior. Junior. Yes, it is Nintendo. It's a classic. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carl is a is a great person to take up, but this shouldn't have happened in the first place, Jesse. Shouldn't have even been considered. It should be like, no, hang out with your burnout Norm McDonald friends and your clowns and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But then, so not only does he give, end up giving the company to Carl at the end, he then says, I'm going to be a teacher. I'm going to go to college and be a teacher. So instead, Billy Madison is now in charge of our young. That's worse. <laughs> Much worse. Like a hotel chain? Yeah, maybe it goes out of business. Maybe he becomes bankrupt and he runs for president of the United States. Maybe that's what happens. But teaching our young? No. Unacceptable. And he has he has no real redemption, Billy Madison, throughout the whole movie. Like he doesn't get smarter and start maturing throughout. He in fact gets worse. Like by the time he gets to high school, everyone's like, "The fuck is wrong with you, dude?" Like, like the peak of Billy Billy Madison is fitting in in the fourth grade. He's like, "These are my people. These are my friends." I think it's the third grade. It's the third grade. <laughs> Miss, no, it's not Miss Lippy's class. It's the one above it, isn't it? No, it's, so it's the it's it's the love interests class that he feels most at home in. Um, I can't remember her character's name, but she's hot. Um, but I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It's the third or the fourth grade. That's where he he slots in, and he doesn't mature throughout the film. He struggles through high school, and yeah, there's just there's no redemption for Billy Madison in terms of like <laughs> learning or maturing. He's a horrible person. Horrible person. Um, yeah, just yeah, a clown got a hemorrhage in his head before these parties that he ended up throwing. <laughs> Just awful, just awful. So for me, I think, and I was rewatching it a couple of months ago. I was like, no, Eric is one hundred percent right. If I had to fight for a company that I've been working for, be livid, little yeah. snot nosed brat showing up. I uh, yeah, to- I'm totally Phone with Sid. You. Yeah, this is us getting old. Problem. Yeah, <laughs> Miss Lippy's this is car us getting old. Is green. Um, <laughs> Jesse yeah. has a t-shirt. There's a quote, by the way, of Miss Lippy's car is green um, <laughs> from the janitor. Who's for and Eric? It's just this deadpan. This <laughs> car is green, and Jesse has a T-shirt of it with the janitor on him. I think it's the wisest purchase you've ever made in your life. Thank you. I've got that, and I've got a uh, blue duck, and it says that's quite fantastic on it as well. <laughs> it's just my two favorite T-shirts. 
What a quotable movie. What a quotable movie. But I think you're right. This is a sign of us getting old that we start to go wow, side with the corporate cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Literally last week, we did an episode on uh, top five punk, punk rock albums of the 90s. And then this week, we're like, yes, corporate greed on the America was 100% correct. 100% right on this issue. Let's make some alt right punk. That's never gone wrong for anyone. <laughs> Why did you suddenly go to alt right? Like, we can't find a happy medium. <laughs> I go centrist, right? You're just like, I, I see. I see the world in black and white. There's no middle <laughs> grounds for me. <laughs> troubling, troubling statements. This is uh, this is the episode they bring up in court. This is the one. <laughs> okay, uh, we just got called posers. How dare you? Why, um, why who? Who posed us? <laughs> you posing punks, um, Jesse? You're yes. This is the only one I disagree with on your list. Oh, exciting! Okay. To a degree. To a degree. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but please explain. Gaston, okay. Well, first off, no one's as slick as Gaston. No one's as quick as Gaston. <laughs> and um, no one's neck is as incredibly thick as Gaston's. So that's first. Um, it's a banger of a tune, the it Gaston song from Beauty and the Beast. So Since let's I get that out of the way. Earlier, it's been in my head all day. <laughs> right? It's No awesome. one flexes. It's just, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it's about. So, I think if there's a song about you in a Disney film and it absolutely slaps, that gives you brownie points straight away. Um, so, that, you know what else is about? This is not this song, uh, this film, but um, a Disney song I was talking about the other day with someone, and it's not until you think about it, it's a fucking tune, is um, sang by Robin Williams in Aladdin, Prince Ali, Fabulously oh. Ali Ababwa. What a tune! What a like, tune. The way those drums come in and like the parade, and it's just yeah, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. Like Robin Williams sung his heart out for that tune. It was awesome. Uh, that and if you're a fan of British folk music, in Robin Hood they've got the song about Prince John, a pox on that phony King of England. Which, if that wasn't in a Disney film, you could just release that as like a angry English folk punk song, and it would do perfectly well. I think a pox on and that phony King will. of England. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I actually learned it on guitar for that very reason one, once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Anyway, Gaston. Um, right, okay. First, this song establishes that... Hang on, I'm doing this in the wrong order. So Gaston... Focus on. Gaston, right, um, is, by omission of this song, the most handsome, eligible bachelor in the town of wherever Beauty and the Beast is set, right? They... Make that clear with the song. All the girls are in the bar. They're swooning over him. Like, everyone wants a bit of Gaston. Gaston's not bothered about that. He's in love with Belle, okay? He loves Belle more than anything. We all have had someone in our lives that we've loved and hasn't loved us back. And how much does that hurt? Like, lesser men give up. Not Gaston. Gaston. Um... <laughs> like you could say borderline harasses but, but you know you could he, he he's, he's passionately in love with Belle and makes this very clear doesn't want any of the other girls despite being a beautiful man he's very muscly got a big chin lovely um Belle's dad gets kidnapped by the beast it's all like he's like hunting or something isn't he and he gets caught by the beast yeah. and put in prison and stuff uh, so Belle goes and ends up getting kidnapped by the Beast as well, and it's a swap job. Um, so he's like, all right, I'll release your dad as long as I can have you. The Beast, by the way, let's not forget why the Beast is a Beast, okay? He is a Beast 
because he was a selfish little prick, right? He was a vain, selfish, horrible prince man. And so this witch lady was like, you're oh, that, that, the opening of this film is awesome with all the stained glass stuff. Do you remember yeah. with the narration sort of explaining all this? Uh, Disney, you do some good shit, man. I know you're evil, but fair play. And um, <laughs> and so the beast gets turned into a beast um, for being a horrible person. and doesn't learn from it. He carries on being a horrible person. First he kidnaps Belle's dad and then he sees Belle and he's like, that's a tight bit of ass. I'm going to, if you want to swap for that, that's fine. So he takes Belle, releases the dad. The dad runs back into town and goes, shit, like, my daughter's been kidnapped by the beast up at the castle. We've got to do something. Who comes to his aid immediately? Gaston, that's who, because he's a bloody good bloke. He comes there and he goes, right, I'm going to go. Yeah, we're going to go kill the beast and save, like, the love of my life, this beautiful girl, who, by the way, is, like, a nerd. Like, she likes the library and like wears just like normal old like that blue and white dress and stuff like cheap dress from primark or whatever and <laughs> she's, like, she's all she's always reading in that and it's like that shouldn't be gaston's type but when you're in love you're in love and i think that's admirable of gaston he clearly doesn't go for sort of the bimbo you'd assume he goes for your intelligent girls so he's like we need to go kill the beast and rescue bell that is the right reaction that's exactly what you do so he goes and attempts to do that, to save the love of his life. But in that time, Bella's developed Stockholm Syndrome, hasn't she? So what's she going to do? She's falling in love with this animal. This is borderline um, bestiality, by the way. She's falling in love with this weird beast thing. She's talking to candles. She has no idea what's going on, right? <laughs> and the uh, so he goes to kill the beast. Gaston, what is wrong with that? And Gaston ends up getting murked by the beast. Um, and the beast turns back into a human. Belle's not even gutted that Gaston's dead. She's just like, oh yeah, cool, you're a human now, so now our love won't be a horrible bestiality sin. And they just live happily ever after. Chip, the little cup, turns back into a human for some reason, doesn't have a big hole in his skull. Where's that chip gone? Chip? Huh? <laughs> like, let's have some consistency here. But this is what I'm saying. Gaston was a good bloke. He was a knight in shining armour. He tried to save the girl. It didn't work. He literally got killed by the beast and no one gave a fuck. What is, it? What is that? What is that indeed? No one looks um, great like Gaston. <laughs> no one dies like Gaston. <laughs> Excellently argued. Flawless, really. Flawless argument. Be Mwah. Beautiful, darling. There is that slight moment you're forgetting where she he tries to get Bell's dad committed to the insane asylum, even though there's nothing wrong with him, just so he can get close to the bell. Look, we've missed all... you missed that little detail out, didn't you? We've all done crazy things in the name of love, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Justify, just right. But you're right. You're 100 percent right in that the, the beast is a horrible character and she has Stockholm syndrome. Kidnaps the dad, holds this woman hostage, then she falls in love with him. Gaston knows none of this con this pretext. He knows none of this side exactly. plot that's going on. No. He just knows that the pretty smart girl from the village has been taken by this horrible monster. We have to rally around and, and save her. And I think it's sweet what you said that he he could go for the bimboy type, but he wants to culture, he wants to tell he wants to have a conversation in bed on a Sunday morning. With exactly. a nice little fried egg, and they're just like talking about she, she's educated him on some some French philosophy. That's what he yeah. wants. And what about Gaston's little mate? I can't even remember his name. You know, the little one with the big yeah. red nose, like total div kid, right? But yeah. um, but Gaston obviously has no problem with that. He doesn't see people like he's not shallow 
He see so that little mate, total div kid. He but he sees through that. He spends time with him. Bell nerd sees through that. He's a good man, and he, he looks after himself. Works out. His chest is covered with hair. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, as long as anyone's got a good song, Jesse will support them. If you've got a song about you and it's good, I'm I'm gonna defend you to the hill. I don't care who you are. Uh, who do think- you think you are kidding, Mister Hitler? <laughs> And that's twice. I was, I was going to do like a count of how many times it would come up. Um, what was I going to say about Gaston? Uh, nope. You can't. You can't defend it. Yeah, you you've tried to. You said you disagreed, but I've floored you with a fantastic argument. So just get on Team Gaston with me and be done with it, please. I mean, the, the only issues I have is to committing the dad to the insane asylum, and he is a bit rapey when it comes to Bell. It's a grey like, area. He's a bit forceful. Yeah. 